Yes, sir, we promised you a great Gorgeous George. Here it comes. Andre, the giant. WrestleMania. Everyone has a Ladies and gentlemen, it is electric. In celebration of Memorial Day in America, tonight we dedicate this edition of Raw to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces who paid the ultimate price for our country. We owe a debt of gratitude to these dedicated patriots who defended our freedoms to their death. A debt of gratitude that can never be repaid. Because of their sacrifice, we as a nation are free to exercise all of our freedoms as guaranteed by our Constitution. again and welcome to another episode of the retro wrestling podcast i'm intern alex this is a retro wrestling podcast extra so no patrick young joining me this week boy it has been a crazy time in the world so may 2020 coming to an end and um i think it couldn't have ended soon enough what a crazy crazy time this has been so let's go back in time to a simpler may May of 2011, and check out an edition of Raw. I picked this edition of Raw to review because it features a pregnancy announcement. And before we get into the episode, we can talk about a few pregnancy angles and announcements that the WWE has done over the years. The most recent one in 2020, of course, being Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch's was done very well. She came out. She just said, you go be a warrior, Asuka. Here's the belt. I'm going to go be a mother. They showed her getting hugs in the back. She got a tweet from Vince McMahon. It was all hugs and kisses and smiles. They finally handled one of these pretty, pretty well. As opposed to Maria Kanellis, who last year announced her pregnancy and it turned into a cuck angle with her husband, Mike Kanellis, Mike Bennett. It turned into a Maury, who's the father angle. Of course, there's the infamous 
Mae Young gives birth to a hand angle, so some fake pregnancy uh, angles and announcements and some real ones. I'm just kind of going around, not going in any sort of order here. These are just the ones that I remember. Of course, we had Lita and her pregnancy announcement where a certain baby doll was punted into the audience and uh, Kane ended up not having a kid with Lita. There have been many pregnancy announcements and angles. Uh, Miz announced that Maurice was pregnant. That was okay. Nothing really. She just disappeared off TV after that. So some of them can be handled well. Some of them are turned into trash. And this one falls pretty much in the trash pile. I'm sorry to say, but Kia Stevens, who had come over to the WWE in 2011, known as Awesome Kong from TNA. Now, TNA, terrible name for a wrestling company, by the way, especially a wrestling company that does women's wrestling pretty well. I hate to say it, but for years, they had a better women's division than the WWE. It was just fact. Uh, They had some great wrestlers from Japan that would come in and work. They had Awesome Kong. They had ODB. They had Gail Kim, who would bounce in and out of the WWE at times. They were just more focused on competition. Now, that's not to say that they didn't have their diva-type competitors as well as uh, the Charmel match will will prove if you go and you know what I'm talking about. So, TNA did women's wrestling very well. And so, Awesome Kong decides, hey... Want to go to the big time, even though she had been rejected before uh, by the WWE uh, for being too fat. She got the call to go to the WWE in December of 2010. Now, unfortunately for her, the women's division in WWE around this time is not very good. There's no other way to put it. This is still pre-Divas Evolution Revolution, whatever you want to call it. This is still models that are being trained to wrestle, not wrestlers that are just happen to be good looking. This is uh, kind of reverse of how it should go, basically. They take people that have really no interest in wrestling and try to make them into wrestlers. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it turns out good for the WWE and the wrestlers involved. Other times, not so much. Uh, wrestlers that don't want to be wrestlers tend to not improve and in fact get worse as time goes on. So here you have Awesome Kong who had trained in the dojos of Japan, who had been all around the globe and uh, was definitely not a model type physique by any means. She was a monster and she actually knew how to wrestle. And so coming into this division, it was going to be dominated by her. So in that sense, it was a good idea to sign, but at the same time, other than squash matches, what kind of matches is she really going to be able to have with some of the competition on this roster? Because women's wrestlers like Trish, who had come back for WrestleMania 27, but then just went back into retirement. So there's one of your good wrestlers that's not available. Lita had retired. So your two key, oh, legit, they're good wrestlers. You had Victoria went to TNA as Tara or Tara. And so Karma was going to have to work with Michelle McCool and the Bella Twins and Kelly Kelly. And she had no one to work with. She had no one to work with when she came into this company. A nice Memorial Day edition of Raw here, coming off the heels of the Over the Limit pay-per-view, which was a week earlier. So we start with a tribute to the men and women of the armed forces who died for this country. 
and that classic WWE patriotic B-roll, followed by Taps, which I get that Taps is and Memorial Day okay, but it's still weird to start a wrestling show with Taps. I would prefer Taps over most of the, the raw intro themes that we've had over the years, but this was... I, I'm just... I, I don't really enjoy Taps. I, I, that's the purpose of Taps, I guess. This is turning into a discussion about Taps, but... It's just weird to see the show start with taps. We go from taps, we fade to black, and then we come back up on a zoomed-in shot of a John Cena t-shirt. Is this being worn by John Cena? No. It's being held up by number one contender, I'm not joking, R-Truth. Doing his little Jimmy bit, Don West style here, hawking Cena merch at the merch table. He was even pissed Zack Ryder has a t-shirt. Because R-Truth has no merchandise. A problem in 2020 he still largely has. R-Truth is mad that the only place he's featured at the merch stand is in the program. R-Truth passes by some cups and he's mad that he's not on the cups either. Or a banner for the cups. That really makes him mad. He walks towards the arena and we cut to Cole and King who welcome us to the show. I believe this is... Michael Cole's first Raw back since the big breakup angle at WrestleMania 27 between Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler, which WrestleMania 27, which was the first WrestleMania that I attended and the first WrestleMania that Patrick attended, one of the worst WrestleManias, I think, ever. Uh, I really, outside of the Undertaker match on that show, not much memorable about WrestleMania 27 and Cole and King's match was one of those memories I'd like to forget. R-Truth re-emerges through the crowd and looks for more Cena shirts in the audience. R-Truth interviews some obviously planted people who are all wearing Cena shirts and they ask him, what's up? He complains about everyone conspiring against him. Yes, it's a conspiracy against R-Truth and then John Cena comes out. Cena runs him down, delivers a terrible promo. You'll hear it here. Okay, okay, okay. I think after a few weeks, we finally get it. You are very mad. You think the man is trying to keep you down. The whole thing is one giant conspiracy where everybody hates our truth And apparently, everybody's named Jimmy. Newsflash. That is a fantasy world. In reality, you are off the deep end. What is wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Yes. Oh, it's me now. It's always me. Point the fingers at me, Cena. You know who it is? It's all these people. That's who it is. You hear them? Listen. It's them. And you know who else it is? It's you. It's you. These people, you. And little Jimmy have been conspiring to keep me down. And look, ever since, ever since I stopped rapping and dancing, don't nobody like me no more. Okay. 
Okay, listen. These people are not Jimmy's. They are the greatest fans in the world. These people agree with me that you should be in a freaking straitjacket. And I have no idea whatsoever why you feel the way you do. But if it's because of me and you want to match, I'll tell you the same thing that I told you last week. I got no problem knocking some sense back into you. That's exactly what I want. That's what I want. And now, all the little Jimmies all over the world get to watch me beat you down. Rascal Flats, what is it, an email? Can I have your attention, please? I've just received an email from the anonymous Raw General Manager. And I quote. Let's make this match official. Tonight's main event. We will see our truth compete against John Cena. And our truth says since he doesn't rap anymore and doesn't dance, the people just don't like him. The crowd actually chant for Cena. So, a rare 2011 pro Cena crowd here in Omaha, Nebraska. Cena calls the crowd the greatest fans in the world before they were referred to as the WWE Universe. See, in 2020, he'd get a stern talking to in the back that these are not fans. These are part of the WWE Universe. He tells R-Truth he'll accept his match request for tonight, which I don't even remember R-Truth asking for exactly, but he tells R-Truth, sure, I will take your match. Not for the title, though. John Cena is the reigning WWE champion, but he doesn't exactly mention he's not willing to defend it. Let's just say that. He, he's willing to have a match, but not for the belt. Then the alarm goes off. The anonymous GM, the old Apple iPhone noise, I don't know, the text message noise or whatever it was. The anonymous GM is still here, which I thought had ended at WrestleMania 27 when The Rock destroyed the anonymous GM set, but I guess... I'm wrong about that. This continued. So an email confirms the match and bars little Jimmy from being ringside, which means nothing. And that's the only interaction from the anonymous GM tonight. So kudos to that. Also, kudos to Raw for only being two hours in 2011, at least this part of 2011. I forget what year they changed over, but boy, this show was easier to get through knowing that it was only an hour and a half without commercials. They tease Karma on the show tonight. She's got a big announcement because last week she got in the ring with all the divas, was going to start manhandling them, and then sat in the middle of the ring and started crying. And then the divas went and patted her on the back and gave her hugs. It was very weird. And 
it was it was very weird, especially because when she was introduced, she was just going around destroying divas. She hadn't even had a match yet. I'm calling them divas, by the way, because that's what they were called in 2011. Sorry, I'm I'm just using their verbiage. I will use WWE verbiage. Damn it, they're divas. They're not women. So she was going around destroying all these other female wrestlers, divas, and uh, all of a sudden she breaks down and cries, and now she's gonna speak tonight. So. Very strange. Um, I don't remember this being a rumor on the internet that this was going to be her announcement. I don't know the prevalence of... I mean, Twitter wasn't uh, as popular as it is today. It was certainly around. Uh, I don't remember reading on the dirt sheets. Maybe this was teased. Maybe they knew this. Maybe this was a taped episode since it was on Memorial Day. But I doubt it. They gotta be live, damn it. Gotta be live. Uh, so this was... Pretty strange, pretty strange angle last week and a a weird thing to promote that she's talking tonight because you think your big monster is not going to talk, at least for a very, very long time. They tease Kofi and Dolph Ziggler next. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Then they show an Omaha, Nebraska beach party with the producers and refs sitting around an inflatable pool outside the arena. Wonderful. What a, what a fun time. Vince really knows how to put on a party for his crew. Kofi is out first, who is billed from being from Africa, but still has the Jamaican tights, the Jamaican flag, and the Jamaican theme song. So I think they were starting to move Kofi away from being Jamaican, but weren't totally committed yet. He's here to show the world. He's Nope, he's not here to show the world. Yes, he is. He's here to show them that he is perfection as short-haired Dolph Ziggler with his his short shorts on comes out with Vicky Guerrero, his manager and lover, I guess, at the time. I, I don't remember this connection. I don't remember a lot uh, of anything, really, and especially wrestling from 2011 until the CM Punk pipe bomb and the, the summer of punk. I really wasn't invested. I mean, this is the new Nexus shit going on, the core. 2011 had a lot of forgettable stuff in it. Wrestling in general has a lot of forgettable stuff in it. Michael Cole then takes this opportunity to apologize for that whole feud they had going into WrestleMania, and the King just accepts it. It's all water under the bridge, my friend. The announcers are friends again. Kofi is the U.S. champ, but of course, just like the main event tonight, non-title match. Kofi not willing to put the belt up. Cole and King are just obsessed with Vicky for whatever reason. Jerry and fat jokes and... Cole kind of playing in, so they're kind of working together to make fun of Vicky for whatever reason, even though, look, I'm no, I'm no, like, super body positive guy, I'll admit when somebody's obese or whatever, but Vicky Guerrero was not that overweight, she looked fine, especially for an older lady, I mean, what are they doing? Jerry Lawler has got a big belly on him, I mean, I'm sorry, he's in good shape too for an old man, I wouldn't make fun of him for it. They look normal to me. What Am I missing something here? But this is a company obsessed with image, so I'm, I'm sure they're getting messages in their headset from Vince. Make fun of Vicky Teller. Tell them that's what she looked like in, in, with her clothes off. Kofi gets shoved off the turnbuckle and just falls on his face on the floor. Ouch. We go to break and Kofi comes back. He's in a rest hold by Ziggler. Cole reads over Ziggler's collegiate wrestling accomplishments at Kent State. Which sounds weird having Cole doing this because 
This is something that JR is really known for, is going over these people's backgrounds and their football career and their college wrestling accolades. So hearing Michael Cole actually drop some knowledge over their past lives as humans before they were WWE superstars was quite weird. Kofi hits the boom drop, goes for trouble in paradise, but misses, gets caught in a sleeper. Ziggler hits the famouser for a two count. Ziggler counters an SOS, hits the zigzag, and pins the U.S. champ. One, two, three, clean as a whistle. The heel beats the champ for nothing and sets up a match down the road at WWE Capital Punishment where, guess what? Ziggler will win again, this time by submission, and get the belt. Alex Riley and The Miz are having some problems. Uh, Alex Riley beat down The Miz last week. Tonight, he plans to apologize for that. He won't be apologizing. Uh, so this was the big split up between The Miz and Alex Riley because Alex Riley turning face after they failed to beat John Cena for the title at Over the Limit. So you're seeing that they're going in a different direction from Alex Riley. And in his promo later tonight, I was really impressed with Alex Riley. I forgot how good this guy was. Also a member of GLOW. So we've got two members of the GLOW cast here. Well, he was in one episode, Alex Riley. But So we've got Kia Stevens and Alex Riley. So... Welfare Queen, and I forget what Alex Riley used in that episode of Glow, but there you go. So two Glow alum on this Memorial Day 2011 Raw. Alberto Del Rio's personal ring announcer is here to introduce the alleged criminal in 2020, Alberto Del Rio, in his Audi sports car. He's in a feud with Big Show. Oh boy, this is not good. He lost at WrestleMania. He had his... Rolls-Royce destroyed. I believe that WrestleMania match he had with Edge was when he won, at the time, the 40-man Royal Rumble. So he went through 40 guys to get beat at WrestleMania, had his Rolls-Royce destroyed. Now he's been downgraded to an Audi. Still a nice car, but now he's in a feud with Big Show. So things not going well for him. The new Nexus are involved in this angle. I just skipped over this. I don't care, whatever. They got the belts from Kane and Big Show. The new Nexus got the tag belts from Kane and Big Show, okay? So Big Show got run over last week by one of Del Rio's cars, and Del Rio says it was a big mistake, but he would like Big Show to cover the damages to his car. And that is all we get from Alberto Del Rio tonight. Here's a here's a recap of here's just the whole promo. I can't explain this. I don't care enough if you want to listen to it listen or just skip 30 seconds ahead or something i I don't know my name is alberto del rio but you already know that you also know what happened last week with the big show running a pack together. That's the way punk runs it. So you know they're going to be out there tonight.
Ricardo, Ricardo, it's fine. A lot of people make the same mistake. Just like you, Big Show. You made a mistake. This, this is all your fault. You brought this to yourself. And Big Show, cosas malas pasan a la gente mala. Bad things happen to bad people. wrong you know I'm a nice guy but business business is business and that's why you owe me money from damaging my car and this guy right here is gonna send you the bill oh wait 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 and big show one more thing, get well soon. I mentioned earlier that the Divas division doesn't exactly feature the best in-ring talent in the world in 2011. And the proof is next, because Eve and Kelly Kelly are taking on the Bellas. The Bellas get the jobber entrance here, wow. These Hall of Famers in 2020 get the jobber entrance and are already in the ring Kelly Kelly, she was on a red carpet for Maxim's Hot 100. So you can tell where the WWE is focused on with their female athletes. Kelly Kelly takes a page out of Stone Cold Steve Austin's playbook and does the Thez press and punches to one of the Bellas and the stink face, so Rikishi, and then uh, hits a bulldog. Kelly Kelly hits a Famouser, or a Rocker Dropper if you prefer, and they win. I'm not sure Eve even got tagged in in this match. If she did, I'd... Didn't note it. Cole teases Karma's big announcement tonight. The Tough Enough finale, though, is coming up next week. Stick around. One of these two guys is not going to ever 
amount to anything in this company, but they will win a trophy or something. They'll win a contract and then never make it to prominence. I don't know. Tough enough. Always, they always flame out. Michael Cole's out next to interview Alex Riley. You see, Cole's a huge Miz fan. So Cole rips into Alex Riley for attacking the Miz. Riley fights back on the microphone. Cole calls him a bastard, and he did an awful thing. But the Miz... You got a big mouth just like the Miz. You're arrogant just like the Miz. And to tell you the truth, you're starting to get a little annoying just like the Miz. I'll tell... I'll... I'll tell you something, Alex. I'll tell you something, Alex Riley. I'm none of those things. I'm none of those things, and neither is the Miz. No, he isn't. But I'll tell you what you are. I'll tell you what you are, Alex Riley. You are a... You are... You are a... A bastard. Stops Alex Riley before they brawl. They brawl into the crowd and leave. So there you go. Alex Riley and the Miz. The mega powers explode. Not exactly. See it. Capital punishment. Gillette Pro Glide replay here. And Ray and Cena beat CM Punk. That's right. So CM Punk is out with Mason Ryan to take on Rey Mysterio. Who's Mason Ryan? Well, he was part of the Nexus and the new Nexus. And he looked... A lot like Dave Batista. In fact, if he wants a job now, I don't think he's wrestling anymore, Mason Ryan. Stunt double for Dave Batista in his movies, and he'd be perfect for the job. Ray hits a seated senton and a crossbody for two. CM Punk goes for the GTS, but Ray counters, and then Mason Ryan stops him, and CM Punk kicks him in the back of the head. That's right, he kicks him in the back of the head. One, two, three. CM Punk beats Ray Mysterio. Just for Men presents the replay from last week as Karma destroyed the Divas division and then broke down into tears. Karma comes out. She rips Jim Ross, who's not there, for telling her that she was too fat to be a WWE diva. She also says being in the WWE was her dream, but she also had another dream, and that was to be a mother, and that she's with child. It's a high-risk pregnancy, and she'll be back. And she thanks us for sharing her dream. So if we had ended it right there... This would have been fine. And I thought it was nice of her to rip on Jim Ross for saying that she's too fat. I kind of liked this. Again, we're incorporating a lot of body imagery here into the show that I don't think is necessary. And it would get worse from there, though. I mean, that at least that was telling Jim Ross the truth that, you know, it doesn't your body type doesn't dictate how good a wrestler you are. And it shouldn't dictate your success. The way you perform 
should dictate your success. So I liked it, the use of it here. Didn't like it so much next as the Bella Twins come out and they call her fat. They can't believe someone would have sex with her and impregnate her and that they must have worn a seatbelt, which I don't even know what that means exactly. Karma just says, hey, when I come back, I hope you guys are here and I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Well, she doesn't say it like that, but you can hear the whole promo here. You know, ever since I was a kid, I had two dreams. And the first was to become a WWE superstar. Everyone said that me, standing here, in front of you, was impossible. I even went out for season two of Tough Enough. And Jim Ross told me that I was too fat to ever be a WWE diva. I took his words, I packed them up, and I took them across the ocean to Japan, where I scrubbed the floors of wrestling dojos in exchange for training to become a wrestling master. I then moved on to every wrestling promotion in every dank, stank corner of the world from here to Denmark. Until finally my dream came true. This year, WWE bade me welcome. My other dream, it's a little bit more personal. I, like many other girls and women, have always wanted to be a mother. And I will, because I am currently with child. Unfortunately for me, this is a high-risk pregnancy, and I cannot compete or do anything physical and risk losing my child. But I will be back, and I just wanted to thank all of you for letting me Explanation. Here come the ghost. No wonder the wonder she was crying last week. I mean, she had to be so conflicted. Did we hear you right? You're pregnant, and I just thought you were really, really fat. Oh wait, you are, and she's gonna get even bigger. Ew, Jim Ross was right. You're not diva material. But hey, congratulations on finding a guy to hook up with. I guess fame has its privileges. Yeah, looks aside, you're as big as a blimp. 
That guy must have been hooked with a seatbelt. <laughs> that was really good, Nikki. I mean, does it bug you right now that you can't beat us up? I mean, remember what the doctor said. No physicality because you're pregnant. How far along are you? Does the baby have ears yet? Hey, baby, oh. listen to me. Your mom is so fat that... I really hope that in one year, when I come back, you too will still be here. Because now, I've got a new dream. Now, unfortunately, uh, Karma would not return until the Royal Rumble in January, which also unfortunately meant that this pregnancy ended in a miscarriage. So, pretty tragic story for Kia Stevens there. It all turned out well for her because she went back to Japan and then came back to TNA and then got into Glow on Netflix, and there's an episode from, I think it was season two of Glow, where Kia Stevens, the welfare queen is her wrestling name in Glow, she takes her son to college, and it's the best episode of Glow, I think, that Glow's ever produced, and Kia Stevens absolutely shines in it. She shines in the whole show. Like, every episode that, that she appears in, she is amazing, and what makes it even more impressive is that she is not some classically trained act- actress. She was brought in because she was a wrestler, but she is awesome. She is awesome Kong, but she is also awesome in this show. And so if you ever get a chance to, even if you don't want to watch the whole series, go back to that season two episode, uh, find it and, and, and check it out because man, she just gives a very powerful performance because it's her son questioning about her playing up the stereotype of the welfare queen. And especially in 2020 now, the discussion about race in America and the race in society, and this was this, uh, based in the 80s, and what a, what an amazing episode. And Kia Stevens did, did an excellent job. And, of course, recently she came back to AEW and was part of a weird haircutting club, basically. She was known as the Nightmare Collective. That was the name of the group. And they would go around and cut hair from, well, cut hair extensions off of other female wrestlers. And uh, the angle got dropped in February because she had to go start filming Glow. It was also poorly received. And then the pandemic happened. So I hope we haven't seen the last of Kia Stevens in the ring. She's only 42 years old, so there's still time. I mean, there are... Wrestlers, I mean, we just did a review last week watching 70-year-old men in a battle royal, so I hope that Kia Stevens does return and uh, is made to be the top of the division in AEW. I just think she is excellent. And WWE really missed an opportunity. It wasn't entirely their fault, but it wasn't going to work out anyway, though. In a way, it was a blessing in disguise for Kia to take that time off from the company. Now, it's tragic that she had a miscarriage, but also, I mean, and when she came back in the Rumble in 2012, they still didn't do anything with her because there's just, 
what do you do with, with with a wrestler with a good wrestler in a division that is so awful and that are mainly there for bathroom breaks? I hate to put it like that, but when the divas came out to wrestle, that's when the fans knew. Okay, I'm disinterested. I'm going to go to the concession stand. I'm going to go buy some merch. And so a good wrestler like that deserves to be showcased. And she's never going to be showcased uh, in this 2011-2012 WWE. And really wouldn't have been showcased well until the last few years when women's wrestling in WWE was actually taken seriously. Now, if she came into the company, it would be great. So anyway, I just have a lot of lot of respect for Kia Stevens. I think she's a great wrestler and a great actor, and and she's just really impressive oh, uh, all around. I mean, she can do it all. We check back in with the crew outside the Omaha Arena here. They set up a volleyball net, so they're playing some volleyball here on Memorial Day, growing some hot dogs, or doing some you know, American things on Memorial Day that this year in 2020 we weren't really able to do. And what's Memorial Day without a real American, the real American-American, Jack Swagger, and his awesome Rage Against the Machine cover band song are out next, which this cover band was actually called Age Against the Machine, and WWE should invest more in cover band songs because I I love this. I, I know it's cheesy, it makes no sense for his character, and it's sort of homoerotic because it just talks about getting on your knees, but whatever, I like this song. Last week, he beat Evan Bourne, but Bourne got all his heat back, so here's the match, the rematch from last week. They both tumbled to the outside dangerously, both falling on their heads. That looked like it sucked. Swagger does the Steiner push-up spot, so... Swagger paying homage to Big Papa Pump here. Bourne gets a victory roll out of nowhere, wins, and then splits. So this feud will continue. R-Truth is out in the parking lot. All night tonight, R-Truth was looking for an image of himself on some WWE branded merchandise. He walks by a tractor trailer with his picture on it and and doesn't acknowledge it. I guess this was supposed to be the whole point, that he's not... He's so blind with rage that he can't see his own image on stuff. So, but I almost, I wanted to know if this was real. Did they really put our truth on the side of an 18 wheeler, uh, the tractor trailer part, the trailer part of it? Because I just, I highly doubt this actually happened. This had to have been like a giant vinyl sticker they threw on there and then took it off immediately. Cause I highly doubt our truth was ever on the side of any of their trucks. By himself, too, and not just in one of those. Nowadays, they put like four or five wrestlers on the trucks, but it was just him on the truck. So I, I this was really a prop here. Big props for the prop. John Cena's on his way to the ring and says, Sup, bro, to Zack Ryder. And that is Zack Ryder's contribution to the show tonight as he says hi to John Cena. We get another tough enough promo. Are you going to watch a show already? Watch the fucking show. The promo says, who will become a WWE superstar? Neither of these guys. R-Truth is out next to take on John Cena. And R-Truth, this is, of course, he had given up the rapping because he's a heel. He's a bad guy. He doesn't, doesn't want to do the dancing or the singing. So they just give him no theme. So he just walks out to nothing. And they replay the opening segment where Truth harassed fans. Tony Chimmel was doing the ring announcing tonight for some reason. 
I, I don't know if this was because of the holiday or, or what. Evil ref Scott Armstrong is calling this match. Cena finds a dude in fatigues, of course, to mug for the camera. The fake Marine with the real Marine. There's only six minutes left in the show as I look at the counter, so I don't expect much here. Cena hits a running bulldog and Truth bails. Cena hits the five-knuckle shuffle and then our truth just bails out of the ring again. Truth escapes the attitude adjustment, bails out of the ring again. This time he goes into the crowd. Cena goes to get him and bring him back. But then Truth, as Cena's trying to climb over the barricade, Truth just knocks him down back over into the WWE Universe. Truth slides in the ring. One, two, ten. Our truth gets a win by count out over John Cena. Our truth then walks up the ramp and then goes back into the crowd over where those Cena fans that were plants were sitting, takes the souvenir cup out of the gentleman's hand, throws his $17 soda in his face, and runs away. And then this, this is the ultimate cliffhanger, folks, for the ending of Raw. Cena apologizes to the man (laughs) and then wipes his face off like he's his nanny. And that's the end of the show. That is really how they ended the show. John Cena wiping soda off of a fan's face. So the face wiping the face of a guy who likes the baby face. Not much to really mention in this episode of Raw overall that was very interesting, to, to be honest, outside of the karma pregnancy announcement and angle. And even even that isn't that interesting. I, for some reason, I remembered JR actually sitting there and, and, and Kia Stevens telling this to his face. But JR not being there made it a little less impactful. But still, interesting to see how they handled her pregnancy versus the pregnancy of Becky Lynch. But you're also talking about two different levels of stars. And... Um, at least she didn't get fired like they fired Don Marie when they found out she was pregnant. So they have improved in some ways, and hopefully they learn from their mistakes. I say this as they did a terrible angle on this past Friday SmackDown involving a DUI hit and run. I'm not joking. So this company never really has a very consistent stance when it comes to tastefulness or tastelessness and... I just thought it was interesting to compare the two pregnancy announcements, how they were handled. Becky Lynch was handled perfectly, I would say. And then Kia Stevens was handled pretty well until you had the Bella Twins come out and make fun of her for being fat. The Bella Twins, who ironically, in 2020, are both pregnant as of this recording. So, there you have it. That is a random episode of Raw from 2011, but it is something. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with a regular episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast reviewing Halloween Havoc 95 and some sumo monster truck madness. Go to RetroWrestlingPodcast.com, go to Powerslam.tv and use the promo code RetroWrestling and get a month for free. And we'll see you next time. Stay well, be careful, stay sane, and bingo bango. Check, one, two, three.